Welcome back to Cover B. Welcome back to Cover B. Happy post St. Patrick's Day. I hope everyone is delightfully green mouthed and faced and sold. Not super tired. Spirited. Uh, and is having an okay Saturday. We spent our St. Patrick's evening doing the most gaelic irish thing we could think of and watching a movie about a bunch of kids in philadelphia getting the powers of greek gods you know when you say it that way it doesn't come off that irish <laughs> you're right anyway we went and saw uh shazam fury of the gods yes which is the second shazam movie uh coming out of the dceu uh, this is a sequel to the 2019 movie, uh, and it possibly plays a role in the the gunning, but we, we don't, don't know. Really know where, <laughs> we don't know it's uh, happening. Where it picks up. Anyway, like I said, this is a sequel to the 2019 uh, movie called Shazam. It's, you know, very different titles. Uh, <laughs> this sees the Shazam family, or Shazamily, as it is known to me and only me. <laughs> uh, existing as superheroes in Philadelphia, doing their darned best. Uh, for those who don't know, at the end of the first movie, just, I guess, quick summary. Uh, after fighting Dr. Sivana, they, uh, or during the big climax with Dr. Sivana, Shazam gave his, Billy gave his foster family, brothers and sisters, uh, powers of Shazam. So now there's six of them six 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 five six six, six. now there's six jams jams <laughs> six am um <laughs> <laughs> anyway they're off doing superhero stuff in philadelphia they're not doing great at it they get the job done but there tends to be a lot of like collateral property damage because they're like, kids because they're children with the powers of greek gods uh, it's things like, oh, we saved everyone off of this bridge, but we weren't able to stop the bridge from collapsing. And they do a pretty good job of showing that, like, they show, uh, you know, one of the kids, like, trying to weld the cables of the bridge, and it just isn't working because he's a kid. He doesn't know bridge engineering or what ah. sort of, like, load base there would be. And, you know, holding up a bridge that's collapsing would be a lot of, like, needed physics and stuff like that, and... So it, it makes sense, uh, but that's what we see. They're called the Philly fiascos, and people like them, but also are like, wow, could be better. <laughs> anyway, at some point, uh, the daughters of Atlas come to town. They are looking to take back the powers that were robbed from them uh, that are their birthright. Uh, we get a little recap on the history of, you know, wi human wizards stealing the powers of gods in order to, like, protect themselves from the gods' corruption, and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and that sets off the chain of events of a uh, section of Philadelphia being locked into a dome, force field type thing, as the Daughters of Atlas try to hunt down the Shazamily. 
and get all their powers back. It's very Simpsons movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's an increasingly high number of movies and like media about things in a dome. It's true. You know what it's, I mean? It's becoming a thing. It's a weird statistic I never expected. <laughs> like, you can make a whole wiki page of, like, movies and shows about domes. And it's, like, <laughs> kind of weird. Anyway, T, what'd you think? I really, really enjoyed this. Honestly, I, I said it when we saw the original Shazam. I feel this way now. I think the Shazam uh, movies are some of the best content coming out of the DCEU. Um, mm -hmm. they feel the most consistent. They feel the most, um, unified. It, it feels like the strongest vision of all of the movies, right? Like, yeah, it's funny because it, in a way it feels like the strongest vision because it feels like it has less vision. Yeah. They're just, they just <clears throat> exist to exist. They right? don't really like have a greater plan or a greater place, like a greater role to play. They're, They're isolated there. and it and it makes sense and like the characters feel fleshed out and engaging and fun and it's you know it's frustrating too because like I really felt highly about the first Wonder Woman movie and then Wonder Woman 84 came out and it was like uh, mm -hmm. because it didn't feel consistent with the first one mm -hmm. like it was a very different tone shift the characters yeah. felt different it just didn't feel consistent and the Shazam, the Shazam movie this time feels very consistent to the original one. I almost got you to say Shazam. I know. I refuse to not call it in in I've I've said Shazam plenty of times in this episode, but in my day to day life, it is a hundred percent Shazam. I don't know why. It's just funny. To it's me. always Shazam, and now yeah. it's like it it's starting to become like a speech impediment yeah, for me. It's, it's, <laughs> it's instilled in your brain. It's. I'm worming my way in. <laughs> you are. You're like in, you're an earworm now. Um, but, you know, I, I felt like it was really engaging. It was funny where it needed to be funny. I thought the acting was really good. I think the character of Freddy is like one of my favorite characters in all of the DC universe, to be honest. He's such a good character. Mm -hmm. He's got depth and interest and he's not perfect. But he doesn't have to be. He's very human. It's like, I don't know. It's interesting because Freddy feels like the most human character we have in all of the DC universe. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's really necessary. Yeah. I feel like you can't have these big, bombastic, godlike characters if you don't have a very relatable, consistent human character to help kind of fuel that. Like, he's very much a Jimmy Olsen. If yeah. that makes sense. And I feel like you need that. And I feel like maybe that's part of the problem that's been with the other movies is that they don't have that mm. element. And so it's been really like lacking. And so there's not as much relatability. And anyway, that's a whole other episode. That might be a whole <laughs> other episode in the making. Yeah. Um, and, you know, for the role of Freddie, Jack Dylan Grazer does just an incredible job. So like, good. I so good. I love the energy he brings to the screen. I need to hunt down more things that he's done because he's just a really good actor. He's just really phenomenal. He's got the, a great energy. The only thing that is my only little qualm, I only have one little qualm, one little baby, itty bitty little qualm, okay, is that sometimes I feel like maybe, don't get me wrong, I love him. I love him so much. But I kind of get the vibe that Zachary Levy's overacting it just a smidgey. Mm -hmm. 
He got a little, it was a little bit of cringe. Yeah, it just, yeah, yeah. like, I get that he's supposed to be playing, like, a 17-year-old, but, like, I've also known 17-year-olds in current life, and they don't, they're not always, he comes across well, more like a 13-year-old sometimes, Here's right? what I think the issue is, and this, this kind of feeds into one of my major qualms with this one. Yeah. The... The actor playing Billy Batson, not Shazam Billy Batson, regular kid, 17 going on 18-year-old Regular Billy, Billy, not Shazam. Got zero screen time. Yeah, he got nothing. Like, he got barely any. Yeah. And I felt really bad because Jack Dylan Grazer got a ton of screen time. Yep. And all the family, like, all the Shazamly, non-Shazammed, got tons of screen time. Yeah. And the actor hired on to play Billy Batson. And there were some really emotive moments that I think would have been great for him to be a part of. I agree. For him to get to do. And instead of Zachary Levy, but Zachary, I even, I forget which moment, but I leaned over to you at one point and I was like, it'd be really dope if the kid playing Billy Batson got to do this part. There's a conversation that's had between Shazam and Mary Marvel that they're talking about Shazam stuff, but they're in their Shazam yeah. form. And it doesn't necessarily make sense or seem necessary, yeah. except to give Zachary Levy more screen time. Yeah. And it, it, I think that hurt it and made that kind of like f- cringe feeling of, because we don't see, we don't know that Billy Batson acts that way. Yeah. If we saw him acting that way, it would feel and more saying organic. things like, oh, yeah, slick and stuff like that, then like, we'd be like, all right, that it's just him. That's fine. That's a good you know? point because it does come off as like, he feels very much like a 13 year old in my opinion, because we don't see Billy acting that way and building that congruency. It would be like watching big without the beginning of big. Yeah. <laughs> That's a really good way to put it. You know it. what I mean? It would be like watching Tom Hanks pretend to be like a 13 year old in like a 30 year old man's body. Yeah. Without knowing, like, without seeing the 13-year-old beforehand yeah. leading up to the fortune teller. It's like the movie opens on the fortune teller being like, you're going to be big. And then he's big all of a sudden. It just super lacks and the context. How weird and disconnected that would feel. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a really, really good way to put that. It just feels very, it lacks context. It's that, very yeah. incontextual. The biggest, and I don't remember, it's been a whole four years since right. I saw Shazam. Um I don't remember how much time Billy got in that one, I but I feel like he got more. I think he I did, feel too. Like regular kid. And at the very least, we had a huge buildup to him, you know, being Billy Batson leading up to him getting the powers. Right. Where we got to know him. Right. But now going into this one, like the movie opens on Shazam, not Billy. Yeah. You know, we we see Shazam doing the lead in of the movie. Yep. And then, you know, we see Billy maybe like two or three times. And in one of his sequences, he has like very minimal lines. And he does get to, and the actor's a good actor. He does does get to do this very emotional moment with his mom, with his foster mom. Yeah. And it's great. And it's a tearjerker. But he just didn't get enough time to like exist right the only times we ever saw him were in in between moments of shazamming yeah you know yeah no he never 100%. got a lot of time to just be you know i agree and i wonder if that's um a response to the first one because i feel like it, it, it to me it came across as one of those moments where they did like um 
they did like group testing mm-hmm. and they were like, who were your favorite characters from the first movie? And they were like, I like Zachary Levy's uh, Shazam and I like the kid who played Freddy. Yeah. And so they just like doubled down yeah. on those two characters because yeah. the the character of Freddy isn't really in his Shazam form very much during no. the movie. Yeah. It's mostly the actor who is Freddy and yeah. Zachary Levy is Shazam. And, and so I, I feel like I, that, I got that vibe a lot. I hope it's something like that and like a production choice. Cause I really like Zachary Levy and I really hope it's not like a contractual thing from him. To I agree. Like, I demand more screen time, you know? Yeah. Um, which it kind of feels like, but you know, maybe it's not, I'm not going to throw Zachary Levy under the bus. You know, WB and DC stuff in general has always been plagued by really like drastic production choices. Oh my gosh! Yes. So you know, maybe I just I wish we could have seen that kid more. I agree. I wish we could have seen Billy more. I would, and I think there were plenty of moments like, and even all the kid actors. I wish there were moments like I love the people playing their Shazam forms, right? But they get to do that and also do all the action sequences. And, you know, be hot, muscly people (laughs) and interact during all these action scenes. There were plenty of scenes of them just like sitting around that they easily could have given to the kids. Yeah. They could have given those to the kids. Like the they hang out in the Rock of Eternity. Like that's their like clubhouse. And they do like, you know, Billy does like NFL style recaps of their events and stuff. And all of those could have been them as kids. Yeah. And given those kid actors some time to really like shine. Yeah. You know, um, but they didn't get much time. They didn't. Shine, which, which wasn't, wasn't great. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I would have liked to see more of the kids and I think it would have given the movie a sweeter tone and it would have, it would have softened it. It would have, yeah, it would have played more into another one of my biggest like qualms about this is that there was very clearly this like running motif of like family right and trying to hold on too tight and like you know you you will still always be your family even if you all have individuality like family does not mean you all have to do the same thing all the time and or have the same beliefs all the time and it's present in the daughters of atlas it's present in the shazamily and they have really climactic moments that like lay into this but they don't spend a lot of time kind of building the tension around it we see billy being uncomfortable about it but they never have like a fight about it no they never like come at odds with each other it's just like mary calls him out about it and he gets uncomfy and stuff like that and it it relies a little too heavily on things talked about in the first movie which if you're like me and you haven't seen it in four years it's hard to remember it as hard yeah um and I, you know, I think if they had the kids be there more, not only would it make that whole message feel a little bit more impactful and a little sweeter, and that, you know, confrontation between Mary and Billy, if that was Mary and Billy, yeah. would have felt a little bit more, like... Organic. Organic and poignant, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I, I just think it would have made that message hit a little bit more home if it was, like kids talking about them growing up and how suddenly in the past year they've been given this ability to really like grow up you know it's hard to i think this isn't how this is this term is normally used but i think it applies here in a way in that there's kind of this like weird uncanny valley-ness of a grown man talking about like 
being independent and being afraid to be like out on his own and being like, you know, I still feel like a kid, but he's like, like a 40 year old man. Yeah. And it just, it's like, there's a weird disconnect, yeah. but it's, if that were being done by the care by, by the actor of Billy Batson, yeah. it would feel like, Oh yeah. Okay. This feels more relatable. This feels more like, yeah, Oh, that, his, that I understand this. You know, we touch, they touch on his nervousness about turning 18 and then getting kicked out because he's aging out of the foster system. But we touch on that, like in act one, and then it doesn't come up again until Act Three. Yeah, and it's just not like the cohesion's not I don't there. Know. It's I feel like there was another movie we were talking about recently where I was like, I like the message that they're they're trying to do. I think it was it was Ant Man. I think it was Ant Man. Yep. Um, I like the message that they're trying to get, but I don't feel like they're creating enough tension around that motif. They're doubling down you know? too hard on the action sequences yeah. and the like. The, the superheroiness of it yeah. instead of actually letting these like, themes of relatability and family exactly. actually permeate and feel it, you know you know relatable it makes to the a audience. movie and the action in this was really good it the was very story, good i liked the story it wasn't anything revolutionary just like shazam one it was pretty basic like bad guy doing bad guy kind of thing yeah i did appreciate the daughters of atlas because they were very multifaceted they were they nuanced kind of have yeah. their own thing and while Lucy Liu's character was a nut bar, <laughs> you know, Helen Mirren had was more practical. She just wanted her magic back. That yep. was it. She wasn't here to, like, destroy the world or anything like that. She nope. just wanted her magic back. Um, and then the third one, who I won't talk about too much because it's kind of a spoiler, was also like, you know, let's just do this and move on. Right. And I think that's compelling villain is, like, you stole something from me and I want it back and I'm going to use force to get it back. But once I'm done, I'm going to bail. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just going to go do my own thing. Like, uh, I thought that was good. And the action was good. The animation was good. The acting was good, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, you can have a more rich movie experience if in addition to us watching the movie being like, oh, man, are they going to get the staff back? Are they going to be able to fight that dragon? Are they going to be able to save people, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? You're also like, are Billy and Freddy ever going to make up after that huge fight they had? Right. You know, is Billy ever going to like... Is he going to know what he's going to... Is, is Mary going to go to college? Is Billy going to, like, know what comes next? Like, is he ever going to talk to his mom about, like, what's happening Can next? Billy actually be a leader? You know, like... I have a moment... Like, there's a big moment, in, and this is a bit spoilery, but there's a big moment where Billy does refer to his foster mom as mom. Yep. And it's, like, big, because he's referred to her as her first name. For the past for two years two now. Yeah. And... But we don't see that. We don't... It like he's like yeah sure julia or whatever her name is and but it's not like we don't then get a shot of her being like you can call me mom or something like that or being upset that he still calls her that or anything like that you know yeah. the parents are kind of in the background for most of the movie it's super subtle like they it would it would benefit from like a secondary scene because there's like he has this moment where he calls her like you know maria or whatever her name mm -hmm. is and he she kind of like pouts for a second and the husband's like give it time and then yep. that doesn't matter ever again yep. until much much yeah, later exactly. <laughs> and it's like i said they they plant seeds of these like social interaction stories but don't fertilize them and well they i'm sure they're fertilizing them but then we don't see them until they're already flowers yeah we don't get to see the growth of this or yeah. you know be on that journey with it yeah and ant-man did much the same thing it yep. like opened with him being like 
I just, I want to make up all this lost time with Cassie and I really want to get to know Cassie and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then spends the entire movie with Cassie and at the end is like, I just really want to make up this time with Cassie. And it's like, didn't you just do that? You know, and <laughs> that's the issue is, is if you have these, you know, more character driven stories, these more emotive stories these ethos stories happening in addition to the action. Yeah. Then that gives us more things to feel good about once they resolve. Yeah. But I think it's a fear of the inverse shies productions away from it. Cause the inverse is if it revolves resolves poorly or if they don't trust their screenwriting team or whatever it might be, or they're worried that too much time is spent talking, not enough time is spent punching, whatever it is. Right. Then the movie tanks. Yeah. The movie gets critiqued hard yep. for it. But at the same time, we're living in a world right now where if you're looking at the the landscape, superhero movies are getting critiqued hard anyway. anyway. Yep. So you might as well try to take an emotional curveball and actually make us care about the characters and like their personal interactions. Yep. Especially when you have people as talented as like the Freddy actor is mm -hmm. and as the mom and dad actor. Yeah. Are. And, you know, these kids, when they are given time to shine, do really, really do well. great. And you have that talent. You're just not using it. Yep. You're not using it to deliver a really, like, emotional gut punch. And there's some good gut punches in this. Oh, they yeah, would I have been, <laughs> They would have been so much stronger, and they would have really made this movie stand out a lot more if they hadn't just been, like, you know real quick like let's wring out the ethos towel before we do this big action fight so that people can say our movie has heart right if it had actually been like a carefully curated step up to that right. point because otherwise what you have is just like person loves person they sad person doing something crazy yep and that's you know that's, that's it the cheapest throwaway way to get some ethos it's done really well and it's acted really well yep and we do like these characters yep because they're really fun characters so we relate to it, but it's not very carefully done. Yeah. You know, so that would be like... It didn't feel super strategic. Yeah, my main critique is very similar to my main critique of Ant-Man, where I feel like they have this really good emotional story that they could have built, and they just kind of sacrificed it for the lulls. I think... I think I liked this one more than Ant-Man. I think I liked this one more than Ant-Man. I really... I admittedly really liked Ant-Man. I did enjoy it. I did like um, Ant-Man, but I think I liked this one but more. But I think I, I think I like this one more. It I think it had more depth. There was some weird pacing at times uh toward the end of act 3 where it was a lot of like the the MacGuffin is this staff. The staff is back and it's the MacGuffin of the movie. Right. And they spend a lot of time trading hands. Yeah. With the staff. Yeah. And it's like I would have liked to see a little bit more development in that. True. Um but it was cool. And Zachary Levy did a great job. Uh, Helen Mirren, incredible villain. I really enjoyed her in that role. Lucy Liu in that role. Uh, I love watching Lucy Liu get to be a villain. Right, yeah. She just, you could tell she's reveling in it too. Yeah. <laughs> she plays a real bad B too. It's so good. Like really she has cool, an attitude and it is awesome. Really cool CGI. There's a whole moment where the depowered family gets to have like a heroic moment and that's fun. It's awesome. Um and it's 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 fun. It's fun without being overly campy. Like And I, it is not 
it is not without its like kind of shocking upsetting points too i mean oh yeah i there's 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 a moment in it that something happens i won't spoil what happens but it is it's not graphic like you don't yeah. see anything but the implications and what happens literally like took my breath away because it, it just felt so dark for a relatively family oriented movie yeah. i and i wanted to say too something that kind of stood out to me is they casted really good like i don't know what they would be called because they're not extras but they're not really like ensemble like supporting cast like maybe like nameless roles like yeah. just like people in the chaos of everything going on did a really good job like yeah. there was like one sequence where some stuff's happening and the camera closes in on just some nameless woman yeah as stuff's happening to her and she eats up that she scene. did i had the same and I'm opinion like, oh my god and then there's moments where people are running like on the bridge collapsing scene there's this moment where this dude's running and just like parkour leaps over <laughs> a crack and i'm like these people are destroying these scenes this yeah. is awesome they are really good like the casting agency or casting director did a really good job getting some talented people to play like background roles like yeah. kind of nameless just screaming like they would be like screaming woman kind of roles yeah. you know and uh and then the ensemble's good too there's a few characters that we only see a little bit of uh and they do a really good job agreed uh one of them deals with the shocking moment that you're talking Oof. about which did surprise me i was like oh you know this thing's gonna happen shazam's gonna swoop in and save the day no and it was just a sound effect and you're like oh <laughs> i literally like my oh breath my. left my body and i was yeah. like isn't this kind of a kid's movie yeah, yeah. didn't feel very kids uh, movie. <laughs> rough day for those fans of the drew carey shows <laughs> is all i'm saying um <laughs> we're showing our age yeah <laughs> anyway shazam fury of the gods i really liked it me too um, there's two stingers uh one of them kind of pertains to put i guess potentially shazam doing more in the dc universe which is exciting that was nice i'm kind of hoping that one was filmed later yeah when they had more of an idea of what's going on and it's not just going to be like the I felt a that because payoff. of the casting of it and who was in the stinger, it is going to be related to moving forward. Mm -hmm. That That is the vibe I got. I kind of wondered if they wanted to do a Black Adam thing. Because there was mm. this weird moment where we all know there's a dragon in this movie. That's not a spoiler. It's in all the trailers. Uh, he's fighting the dragon and he keeps getting dragon fired on him. And his suit burns. And they, mm -hmm. like, point out that his suit is burning. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I've just never seen my suit burn like this before. Yeah. And then eventually he gets more and more fire on him until his, like, entire suit is black. Except for the yellow lightning bolt. Yeah. And I was like, I wonder if they were setting that up to do, like, an end stinger where, like, Black Adam's watching the news and <laughs> sees him, like, in the black suit with in yellow. The suit. And is like... Oh, excuse me <laughs> it's going it's going down um but anyway mid-credit stinger that pertains to kind of what's happening with shazam in the greater dcu and then there's an end credit stinger which is honestly skippable fully skippable. uh it does kind of hint towards a shazam 3 uh i don't know if we'll get one but it's there if you're a mark strong fan you might want to hang yeah. out yeah 
If you're a Mark Strong with facial hair fan, you might want to hang out. Who isn't um, a Mark Strong with facial hair fan? <laughs> I am! Raise your hand! Not me! Uh, <laughs> I'm not isn't. Um, <laughs> but yeah, cool movie. I enjoyed it. It was a fun time. Yeah. I do wish the kids got more time, but even, even you know, Megan Good and the rest of the adult sh- the shazamly the like power shazamly yeah uh did did good they yeah. did a good job it was so it was it was, was well acted and enjoyable all around mm-hmm. so anyway that's gonna do it for us if you liked that episode and you want more episodes of cover b including other real extras that we've done you can find them on our website coverbpodcast.com that's right you can also follow us on social media on facebook and instagram at coverbpodcast mm-hmm. so thank you so much for listening I hope everyone has a good rest of their weekend. Get out there and be kind to one another. As always, I have been Chris. This has been T. It's true. And you have been listening to To Cover Cover B. B. Bye, everybody.